Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, this is Moeed from the Vent Production team. We want to let you know that this episode includes sexually explicit content and discussion of self-harm and suicide. So take care listening. The first time I set myself a mission was probably about 15, 16. Ultimately, the reason why I did it is because I just wanted to test my abilities. I had sex in the car park, see what I was capable of doing. I had sex in the hospital car park. If I was able to make someone like me or... I had sex on the golf course. To make someone calm. I gave someone a head in the car park. I gave someone a head in the car. <laughs> there's just there's so many different reasons why I would do it. I fingered someone at school. I said I took someone's virginity. That was probably the biggest mission. It was just to try and see how far I could push someone else. And obviously I wasn't forcing anyone, but just to see how far would they go if I asked them to do it. My name is Elle, I'm 20 years old. A mission is a sexual adventure. What can I do with someone else or even do with myself to kind of push my own sexuality and see what I wanted, what I didn't like, what I did. To really kind of experiment with other people to see what they liked about me. From Vice and Brent 2020, London Borough of Culture, this is Vent Documentaries. Young people from one London borough telling you the stories we care about. This is Series 2, where we're talking about love. Still in high school, we'd gone away at a, like, for a school trip. Um, I think we were in Wales, we had done like a six hour journey. We were there for a couple of days and one of the guys, he I guess liked this girl that we'd gone with who was a year above us. I could see he liked her. In a way, I kind of liked her too because like she was good looking. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, oh, she's ugly, don't deal with that. It's like, hmm, I'll see how far we can go with this. The mission in itself was to see if I could make him fuck her. How I convinced him to do it is, you know when you kind of make someone see the benefits of doing something, it's like, oh, but, oh, but you're going to lose your virginity. Your virginity. Like, it's going to be fun. Like, don't, don't, don't be scared, don't scared. be a pussy. Like, you can fuck someone who you want, who to, you fuck. want to fuck. I'm just going to help you do it. Ultimately, I, I was there when they had sex and I was telling him what to do whilst they were having sex in the tent and they were doing what they were doing. I was in there kind of whispering, like, stick it there, slap her, kiss her, kiss her there. Because, like, 
I think from then it was kind of experience with, like, not watching porn, but I'd seen it, or I'd kind of known what sex was about, what you needed to do to kind of make a girl come. Also with the fact that I was a girl, I'd know what I would have liked if I was in that situation. It was like watching porn, just less elegant. It was more awkward, more, oh, move your leg, you're, in, you're giving me a cramp or whatever, but yeah. I don't think I, I got enjoyment. I think it was really more power. It was more like, I can really talk someone into doing something. It kind of helps my self-esteem to be able to kind of control what they do and have that kind of like a puppet master where I was like, if I said this or I said jump, you'd say how high. So I, I think it was more power. I enjoyed the power. I wouldn't say I've always been big, but I've always been bigger than the other kids in school. I've always had broader shoulders than everybody else and I was always tall. And my brothers being like skinny twigs and muscular, they kind of always saw me and said, oh, like... You're fat, lose weight. stop eating. And it was like, I'm not fat, I'm big boned. Like, that's what my mum would tell me. And that's what I would tell them. And they go, you can't be big boned. Everyone has the same size bones. And I'm like, no, they don't. And it kind of back and forth with that. I'm not fat, I'm not fat, I'm not fat. But then I started seeing it. I started looking at myself and seeing roles. And I'm like, I don't like that. I hate my body. I hate this. I hate that. It kind of followed through at school where, like, people would still call me fat. It wasn't everybody. Because I wouldn't say I was popular, but I was known. When everyone's telling you something, you actually start to believe it and then it can really kind of dig into you and, and cut you. <laughs> and something I couldn't control, I just kind of had to live with it. I don't believe in, like, fat shaming or skinny shaming or body shaming, anything. I'm just, I don't talk about bodies. It's your body's your body, do what you want with it. And in school, being able to, I guess, talk people into making themselves feel more confident with what they have and letting them know, like, you're sexy, like, you're paying, you've, you've got a good body, you do what you want with it, you've got nice boobs, you've got no boobs, but it makes no difference to me, to you, to this, X, Y, Z, it don't matter. And I think that's what kind of stems a mission starting. I was able to kind of see people at a more vulnerable state. Everyone saw me at a vulnerable state because I was always vulnerable. The first time the missions ever happened, it was like before I met her, before I started speaking to her. But after being in that relationship, the missions truly started. It's my first girlfriend. I wasn't happy in anything. I was just like, fuck everything. <laughs> Everyone's a wanker. <laughs> so that's when I kind of took to being online and making friends online and saying, like, if I can speak to someone else who doesn't live near me, doesn't go to my school, then maybe that will help me. I spoke to a lot of people. I spoke to people in America, in China, like all over the world. And I spoke to this one person and she lived in like Surrey and she was sad. Around that time, I was also sad because I had, like, family stuff where your brother does this and they're in jail. 
like your mum's not happy whatever and I was just like I need someone to talk to that I don't know like that isn't going to judge me that isn't going to say oh your family's this or your house looks like that or whatever I just wanted someone who had no connection to my area didn't live in London I was I was good yes like we we spoke and I think it gave me comfort to be able to comfort her and to make her somewhat happy or to kind of ease her pain a little bit. We started WhatsApping each other. Uh, we started being on the phone, making, uh, having phone calls. She was one person I was comfortable with talking to and just sitting there in silence or anything. So we talked for maybe another like three or four months and I just messaged her, I was like, do you want to be my girlfriend? <laughs> It was a nice experience to kind of be like, well, I like you and I've been speaking to you for all this time and you make me feel so comfortable and confident and that I have nothing to worry about. So it's only right that we're, we're girlfriend and girlfriend. Maybe a month later, I think I was like, can I come and see you? She lived in Surrey. It's quite far. My mum helped me pay for a ticket to go down there and we just walked and we walked and we talked and it was kind of, it made sense why I like this person because how she was in person was the same way it was over the phone or same way it was in text like I was like oh I like this you make me feel comfy like you make me feel like I'm hugged all the time so it was a good time of my life where I was I would say I was actually happy we were dating for a few months I think this was around the time, like, between year nine and year ten. It's around the same time where it was like, oh, now we're choosing our GCSEs, we have to focus on different things and whatever. So I wasn't able to give, like, my complete, or, like, all of my time to her. There was one day where, like, I was at home and I received, like, a Snapchat. So I clicked it and it was, like, like someone who had, like, a cut on their arm. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, why, why has someone sent this to me? I recognised, like, the at name from Tumblr. I was like... Who the hell is this? So I went on Tumblr, typed in that name, and it just so happened to be my girlfriend. I was like, what the fuck? So I called her. She didn't answer. So I was like, all right, like, I'll keep calling, I'll keep trying. And it didn't work. I kind of just went to sleep that night, just going, what the fuck? But I sent, like, a message saying, like, if there's anything you need or whatever, just let me know, like... I want to be there as much as possible. I don't want you to be doing this by yourself or I don't want you to cut yourself. I knew she was upset and I knew she was sad. I knew that she knew it hurt me to see her do that. So I didn't want to give her more reason to be upset. So I kind of just left it. I was like, if you need anything, just let me know. It just so happens to be around the time where stuff just got busy. Like I was doing like the school play. I was doing the music. I was, I was doing everything. Now when I look back at it, I was just trying to keep myself busy rather than sit there and just think. Probably like a week later, like a couple of weeks, I don't know, I got like a message from my sister. And I was like, why is she messaging me? She never talks to me. She doesn't like me. She just sent me a message. It's like, you need to call me like as soon as possible. And I was like, what the I was so worried. She just told me like, that she had cut herself to the point where she just bled and bled and bled and they couldn't stop it. She never made it, like, she's... I remember hearing it and my heart just, like, 
sunk. Like, I felt physically sick. I just felt sick all over. I was in school and I was lost. I was like, what do you mean? Like, that's my girlfriend. You can't say that to me, don't lie. <laughs> stop taking the piss. Stop, stop. Stop fucking with me. Like, I was confused in all ways possible. What does that mean then? She's like, she's not here. Like, she, she's dead. And I was like, nah. Yeah, I took the bus home and I don't even know how I got home. Like, that day is like a blur now. I didn't even get to go to the funeral because of the fact that she was a closeted gay person. Me being her girlfriend wasn't acceptable for me to have a reason to go to the funeral. Like, I got to see pictures of, like, her coffin and her grave, like, which kind of gave me peace. But at the same time, I didn't get the full closure that I needed at that age to kind of deal with it and say, like, I've buried someone that I love. I haven't been able to complete or finish loving someone the way I wanted to or the first person I've loved, the first person I've let in and this has happened. Fuck that. Fuck doing that again. Fuck experiencing that. I do not want to go through that. It just made me depressed and I got sad and my mum knew it, my friends knew it, they knew not to mess with me because I was violent, I was changing, I was not the same person I was. Like, I, if there was a problem, I would tell you, nah, you need to shut the fuck up. Like, I'd, I'd completely changed, I wasn't the same person and it felt like someone took a part of me away. That softer part of me. After I went through all of that trauma, I guess the missions did, they started, but they were, I guess, more intense than they were when I originally started it, when I was like 12, 13, whatever. Like, I wasn't going to be like to someone, oh, I think I want to do this with you. I'd be like, no, I want to have sex. And if I want to have it and you want to have it, then we will do it. Literally, it was kind of like a fuck it. (laughs) It's like, I don't even care anymore. It's like, I just want to do it. The missions were the only thing that I could actually control because it was my body. I wasn't hoeing around, I wasn't being a slut, but if I wanted to have sex, I didn't really care who it was. Like, as long as it was consensual and they wanted it too, then I'd do it. If I never built that relationship, I never had to worry about them doing something stupid. That's not my business. (laughs) Do what you want to do. I'm not your wife. I'm not your mother. I'm not your girlfriend. I'm just Elle. I'm just doing what I want to do. It took me a while to kind of start to let people back in. The missions ended when I was between like 17 and 18. I think I was ready to kind of forget about the missions when I just started talking to people and I actually started making friends. Yeah, it's like five years there where I was like, I wasn't looking for a relationship, it just happened. Looking back at the missions, it just makes me laugh. I was at a very vulnerable state at that time. But looking back at it now, I'm just, I'm proud of the person I was when I was going through that because 
not a lot of people are strong enough to get through something like that. And I'm a very successful person. Like I'm very affluent in my happiness. I'm, I want to share it. I want to let people know how happy they can be. It makes me like respect my younger self and as to what I went through. I am a successful young woman in this environment that I'm being put in, living in one of the worst areas in Brent. Like, but I don't give a fuck <laughs> what anybody has to say about me. I'm proud of myself. Thank you for listening to Vent Documentaries. I'm Elle. Vent Documentaries are produced by Jess Lawson and Ali Adlington, with help from Amelia Gill, Moeed Majid and Kamaya Shea. Our music is from WMP Studios. Vent is a collaboration between Vice and Brent 2020, London Borough of Culture. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.